Talk about Pac-Man Jones or do the unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun brought to you by To Be Determined. Here's my vote. Do them both. First, we talk about Pac-Man. I just broke all kinds of radio rules there. We got Tim Benz coming up in 18 minutes on the show. I said, let's talk about this instead of just talking about it. And now I've talked about the fact that I said I was talking about instead of talking about it. And now I've... You're in a hole now. I'm trapped. Okay, just stop. I'm just, I'm, get, I'm, I'm getting sucked in. Nah, just stop. Hey, I mean, quit saying, Brian. Just stop. I want to talk about this. Stop and breathe. I want to talk about Pac-Man Jones. Okay, stop and breathe, and the next sentence starts with Pac-Man Jones, and go. Ready? In three, two, one. Pac-Man Jones is just defending himself. That's all he was doing. Yeah, Pac-Man's in this guy's ear, and you can check out the video. I retweeted it at underscore Adam Crowley on the Twitter.com. And this guy won't let him go. A, a woman comes in. She's It looks like a staff employee at the airport or just somebody who knows Pac-Man. And she's settling him down. And he appears to calm down until the mf with the backpack takes it off and runs right up into Pac-Man Jones' face. There are a lot of people that I ain't messing with. A lot of people. Pac-Man Jones is right up there near the top of the list. I mean, that guy will mess you up. That guy was in the back of a cop car saying he hoped the cops die. He's spitting on him. Rumor has it in Morgantown that he broke a pool cue in half and beat the snot out of someone with it. So I ain't trifling with Adam Pac-Man Jones. That being said, Pac-Man's got to defend himself. And when I initially retweeted it, I said, terrible week for the NFL. I'm not wrong there. But it's a lot worse if Pac-Man Jones is the instigator. It's a lot worse if Pac-Man Jones just goes right up to this dude and slugs him across the back of the head. It's a lot worse if Pac-Man Jones, unprompted, beats this guy. But it was a fight. That's it. This guy had it coming to him just as much, I think, as Pac-Man Jones had it coming to him. And Pac-Man got the better of him. Want to know why? Because he's Pac-Man Jones from the streets of Morgantown. He's a superior physical force. He is. Although both those guys look like they could use a lesson in how to fight. Yeah, it's kind of like flailing a it's little. real weird. Yeah. You know, it was weird for me when I saw this, and this gives a little look into the NFL and the state of things and how, yeah, it's a bad day for the NFL. But I see the headline, right? I don't know what's going on yet, and I see that Pac-Man has punched an airport employee. I hit play on the video, and I see the girl in the yellow jacket. I thought the same I thing. I automatically assumed that he punched a woman in that airport, and there was a moment where I was like, oh, he's not punching the woman. Like, And I'm not trying to be weird about it, but that's kind of where like we are with stuff like this with the NFL. You almost immediately look at the worst possible scenario. Like, oh, my God, Pac-Man's going to punch that lady. Like, oh, good. Thanks. He's he all right. just he's punched the guy. He's just punching okay, a guy. Good. And it makes me feel better when in any other league, this would be crazy. You know, you wouldn't even expect this in most leagues. Yeah, you're. that's a great point. Because with Pac-Man now, it's just, okay. Yeah. He didn't do the worst thing he could have done yeah. in this video. It's also bad because... It did get blown out of proportion on Twitter. It said that the thing that I read was Pac-Man Jones knocks out airport employee. 
No, he didn't. He knocked him over. Kind of. The guy sort of fell down on his own, and then Pac-Man got one open-hander on his head. Yeah, it came down on him. Yeah. Yep. No one's dying in that airport because they're fighting Pac-Man Jones. There's enough people around to make sure that they were going to be okay. Uh, I don't know what the state of Pac-Man is going to be moving forward here. I, I don't know uh, what is going to happen legally, but it could have been a lot worse. And in terms of things Pac-Man has done, he has done worse. Now, that being said, yo. He's got a litany of things in his back. Yeah. Like, this is just something else that he adds to his resume. If it's anybody else, if this is a first-time offense, like, let's say Antonio Brown does this, right? He's fine. Like, Joey Porter put his hands on a cop. and He coached the next week. Yeah. If Antonio Brown fights an airport employee, okay, I don't think anything comes of it because Antonio Brown hadn't done anything bad like that in his past. Now, this also brings me to this topic of conversation, which is, the Steelers do have a lot of drama. They don't have that. No, they don't have anything no. like this. The closest thing is the Tequila Cowboy incident. Right. Maybe, uh, maybe Porter sometimes, but player-wise, nothing. Like You don't see this kind of stuff. You don't. You have it. I mean, Alameda Te'amu nailed that, by the way. Going back <laughs> a couple of years, he's driving drunk on the south side, but he was expendable, so see ya. Uh, Cedric Wilson, he's in a bar, and he assaults someone, and okay, see ya. Uh, James Harrison had his issue, but that was something that I, I believe it was his girlfriend didn't continue to press charges on, and he he knocks down a door, but I don't think he hit her. I, it's something I wouldn't have done, obviously. I'm not knocking a door down and throwing a cell phone out the window and doing stuff like that, but uh, I don't think he slugged her in the face. So wh- where the Steelers have been in terms of drama, they haven't got caught up in all this BS this awful, this guy's a terrible human being because of the things that he's done. Now, Ben Roethlisberger did, but Ben Roethlisberger also was never even formally charged. So how am I supposed to bring that up? Uh, Apart from Ben, and this was eight years ago now, going on eight years, or right around this time, eight years, really haven't had much of that. Unless I'm completely overlooking one. But. I mean, I'd, I'd take the Facebook Live stuff. I'd even take uh, the Lev antics over this sort of stuff. At least you know he'll be playing when the season comes, you know? All the drama surrounding that. It's not like hurt people drama. It's just like guys getting their ego involved right. in things type drama. You know, it's a, a good, interesting angle, this, too. Like, you always think about... NFL players and it's like they need to respect their job they need to respect they they can't be doing this because of your job nobody's pointed out that this uh this airport employee actually squared back up with him oh yeah like that, it that's wasn't, the dude who like, started and, it, really. and that dude's working you know so like we're so tuned to going straight after the NFL player and it must have been Pac-Man's fault in some way but you don't see any takes going after the guy who is at his job working and squares up with an airport uh, patron, somebody who's just going to use the airport. I mean, if I'm that guy's supervisor, I need to talk to him. Oh, he's fired. He should be, honestly, because what's he, what business does he have throwing down in an airport? He needs to be professional and walk away from that. That's what security's for. If me and Tom were intoxicated and we were at my house or at the bar and we were arguing and things got physical, okay. Would never happen here. I can't be doing that. I can't be hitting Tom in the face at work. You can hit him in the face at home. You can't be hitting me in the face at work. 
Good point by you. Yeah. Now, the days of people threatening to hit people are like at least two years gone. Oh, they're long gone, yeah. <laughs> What do you mean? What? What are you talking about? Nothing. I'm just saying, for at least two years, I know no one has been threatened physically. <laughs> at least two. Who am I missing? What do you mean? Why well, it hasn't happened in two years? Don't dwell on it. Okay, we're good. Yeah, you just let that go. <laughs> and now it's time for the great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun. Brought to you by To Be Determined. Are you ready for some cliched radio? Let me get a whoop whoop. Whoop whoop. Tom. Whoop whoop. boy. Tom's is better. Whoop whoop. Brian's is better. Whoop, 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 Now it just sounds like Chris Berman's reading the highlights. Which Steelers can turn the season from a good season to a great one? That's right. You see, usually the great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun brought to you by To Be Determined is reserved for the cheesy takes. And the cheesy question, which Steeler or Steelers can turn the season from a good season to a great one? I got stuff on to it. And I look at Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell and Ben Roethlisberger and the offensive line and even now Juju Smith-Schuster and when he's healthy, Vance McDonald, and I say, okay, these are all very good players. I expect greatness. I'm waiting on Stephon to it. And this isn't to say he's been a bad player. He absolutely has not. He's been a very good player. But last year, Cameron Hayward became an all-pro type player. Can Stefan Tuitt get to a level where he's close to that? And the reason why I think him getting there could turn the Steelers' season from a good season to a great one, one where they could hoist the Lombardi Trophy, is the run defense left a lot to be desired last year. In the playoff game against Jacksonville, in the first game against Jacksonville, in the loss that they had against the Chicago Bears early in the season, Steelers couldn't stop the run. And if you can't stop the run in a passing league, you're going to have a tough time stopping the pass. Far too many big plays on the ground allowed by the Steelers last year. Stephon Tuitt, get a little bit better there. I also want to see Stephon Tuitt get after the quarterback more. And I've talked about this ad nauseum on the show. This dude... It's a freak of nature. Freak of nature. And the sacks that the Steelers had last year, while setting a franchise record, came from all over the place. That's not to say they don't count. They do. But I didn't think the pressure was there consistently enough. And if you look at the two games they had against the Browns, that accounts for a big chunk of the sacks right there. I want to be consistent against teams other than the Browns. So Stephon Tuitt performing the way that we hope Stephon Tuitt can perform can take the Steelers' season from good to great because Stephon Tuitt can stop the run and get pressure on the quarterback. So he's my number one. I think you can make a similar claim about T.J. Watt and Bud Dupree. They both got to set the edge. They both are charged with getting after the quarterback. We haven't seen Bud Dupree flourish into the player that the Steelers thought he would be when they drafted him. T.J. Watt had a very good year last year, but if he took that next step to be a 10-sack guy, and get consistent pressure on the quarterback now that they've flopped sides, I think that could go a long way towards doing all the things that Stephon Tuitt could do if he were to improve. 
Then there's the cliched Artie Burns, Sean Davis, Morgan Burnett, Terrell Edmonds. There's a lot of players in the back end of that defense that just simply need to be better. And Morgan Burnett, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. He's a really good player, but he's not the same kind of player that you need playing your free safety position. He's not a ball hawk. Is Terrell Edmonds a ball hawk? I don't know. Can John Davis be the ball hawk? So if I'm ranking players who could turn the season from good to Super Bowl worthy, I'm going to it, what, and then I'm just listing all the safeties. All of them. I'll put Cam Sutton in that group, too. Somebody's got to play center field. Somebody, please, play center field. But the big focal point for this team this year, at least according to Steelers defensive coordinator Keith Butler, is stopping the run. And those first two names that I mentioned can go a long way in doing that. Coming up next, Tim Benz. Got a lot to cover with Tim Benz. A lot. All the topics of the day. It's Crowley Show. The Adam Crowley Show. Uh, we got to earn tomorrow. That's French. <laughs> Yeah. That's your French. Yes. That's we and me, 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 woo, poo, poo. Very good French. I agree. That was excellent. So good. I could do Radko Gudis. The Flyers going to win. We are going to earn tomorrow. Adam Crowley. It's not even funny. On ESPN Pittsburgh. Yeah, Ramon Foster's now tweeting about the Pac-Man Jones fight, and he said, Buddy had like five inches on Pac-Man with his reach, and he started the fight, and he still took an L, and he lost a chance in a lawsuit because he instigated it. LOL. That's like five L's. Salute Pac because he had walked off when keeping it real goes wrong. You know, they hate Pac-Man Jones. The Steelers hate the Bengals. They do. Uh, Being in that locker room after those games, they hate those guys. They hate Vontez Perfect. So, for Ramon Foster to be coming to the aid, it's because that's what happened. That's what we talked about in the last segment. That's a good point. The guy had reach on him. The guy's definitely got five inches on him. In height, for sure. So, I don't blame Pac-Man. And I'm not a big defender of Pac-Man Jones, even though he went to West Virginia. He was before my time. All right, maybe I'll defend him a little bit. Okay, maybe I kind of have already today. We bring on Tim Benz now. Not at all taped. We definitely definitely weren't talking to him during the Croatia-England game. That's not the way it went down at all. No chance. Because he's live right now. Because he's live right now, for sure. But I'm watching the England-Croatia game that's currently going on, and because of that, I'm happy to talk to Tim Benz because he'll do most of the talking. I can just watch a game. That's what I do. I talk, and now we don't have to talk anymore because Croatia has just scored. What are you talking about? Yeah, are you watching on a delay or something? We are! Oh, Screw man. you, Tim! What the you hell? son of a bitch! You just now it just you, happened. You dirtbag! Oh, no! Oh, my God! You well, ruined you it! Want me to do? I, I Tim, you, you gotta drop spoiler alerts! Yeah, man! Oh, okay, you want me to spoiler alert for 17 <laughs> seconds because you're on a crappy delay there? Eh, the delay's not our fault. I wonder why it is so damn delayed, though. Yeah, what the hell's going on? You know, what kind of TV, TV are you watching it on, Benzie? Oh, I'm streaming on Facebook Watch. It's so much better. Aren't you aware after the Pirate game today? <laughs> did you watch any of that? Because I didn't watch a second. No, I did watch it, actually. I wanted to, you know, check it out for the sake of experiment. It didn't exactly engender the response that 
Skycam did during the Titans Steelers game this year, did it? No. What do you think about Skycam? I didn't hate it as much as most people did. I think they can use it much more often than they do. Uh, I don't think you want to do a whole game with it. I thought that was overkill. But, you know, generally speaking, when it comes to TV and experimentation, if you experiment with anything and anything more than 10% of the population doesn't hate it, I think more than 10% of the population didn't hate Skycam, then I think that means that's something that you continue to use because people just love to say they hate new things. So um, I, I would use it more because there were enough people there, uh, at least in my opinion, that felt like, wait, why is the game not over? Oh, that's right. They play all the way through, don't they? Well, I don't know, Tim. You're the soccer guy now. I mean, you just... Well, why? Because I announced a goal. Yeah. I'm yeah, hurt. They keep playing. That's stu- why don't they just do st- sudden death? Like people keep talking about, I don't want more penalty kicks. I don't want more penalty kicks. All right, well then, end the game in sudden death is the second extra time, isn't it? Well, since this is the Crowley Show and we just don't give two rips about what we're going to talk about, the whole anti PK thing bothers me. Yeah, it might not be the best way to decide a sport. It's entertaining as all hell, though. It, there's so much drama there. There is. Uh, it's just the goalies have such little chance. I know the Russian guy made a couple of incredible saves earlier this year, and that's the outlier to me. But it shouldn't Whoa. be. For a sport, this is how I feel about penalty kicks. For a sport that makes it so hard to score, you shouldn't decide on it being incredibly easy to score. <laughs> that's, that's my general premise on why I don't like penalty kicks. I'm much more of a fan to decide a game in a shootout for hockey than I am penalty kicks for soccer. Tim, you know, Tim, if you just, play three three overtimes in hockey for a playoff game, screw the fourth overtime. That's plenty. You play two hockey games in one night. Go to shootouts, even if it's game seven of the cup, for all I care. Tim, with PKs, just flip it around. Think of it as hard to save. So you're just looking at it from a different angle. Yeah, there the you go. was all there. I guess the Belgian guy made a couple of really great saves yesterday. Were you watching that during your show? We were. Belgium's our squad. R.I.P. That um that game became incredibly difficult to watch as the game dragged along. I mean, I couldn't tell what was worse, the blatant pushing or the blatant flopping. I know you're a big college basketball guy. Is it any worse than what happens at the end of college basketball games with the foul fests, though? Well, I know that the blatant pushing certainly wasn't worse than what Michigan did to Syracuse in the Final Four in 2013. Not that I'm biased. <laughs> but... Uh, no, I, I don't know. I'm like, well, say that again. Like, is it any worse than a college basketball game when college basketball players flop? I mean, I think no, not a, not necessarily like, about the flopping, but just at the end of games. Like, there's so much gamesmanship, quote unquote, going on at the end of these soccer games. I, I think at the end of college basketball games, they just turn into foul fest, and there's just as much standing around time. Yeah, but you know what? At least the fouling there, you can match it up strategically with the clock. And there's no real strategy to fouling in soccer, and you don't know what the clock is doing. So for two reasons, I hate it in soccer more. Tim, I do want to get back to the Facebook Live thing real quick. I wish oh, yeah, I did watch it. So I did watch it, and I thought it was um, – they've got to treat it more like a radio broadcast, especially if they're going to do afternoon games, because people are doing other things besides just watching the game. If you're watching a night game, you know, if you've got Apple TV or Roku or whatever people have to stream this stuff more effectively – then you can just crack a beer and watch it on your television, and that's fine. And that's how Facebook and other social media aspects are turning into what we determined to be or used to determine to be regular TV. But today, I mean, like, I went out and walked the dog, and I had Facebook Live just streaming because I couldn't have the stream on the radio because it was blocked out. So that's how I used it. Or 
I had him screaming on the phone while I was working on my laptop when I came back to do some stuff for breakfast with Ben's tomorrow. So like, but it was not broadcast like a radio game at all. It was broadcast like a TV game. And I think if they're going to do these things in the afternoon, uh, not only the play-by-play guys, but also the elements, like they, they really don't need to address those god-awful comments. Uh, minimize that sucker right away if you're going to do this. But if they're going to talk about them, then they can't just allude to them like, hey, Sean, this guy really likes you, huh? Or, hey, FB, this guy really <laughs> hates you, huh? Like, they can't do that. they gotta, they got to read them because we have no idea what they're talking about in a lot of cases because you're working and you're doing other stuff while the game is going on. Baseball is a very passive sport to watch. Um, and most people, like, a lot of people like it on the radio for that reason anyway. Tim, I like Facebook for two reasons. One, you can lurk a lot of women. And number two, you get political takes that I just couldn't get anywhere else, I don't think. And now you're going to ruin it with baseball? I don't think so. Uh, I'm sick of the political stuff, and uh, I'm so far beyond stalking my former girlfriends on Facebook from high school that I don't even need that aspect. <sighs> Tim Ben's joining like us close, here. Like you're close enough where a lot of them still look good, and some of them have even improved. Like I'm not there anymore. Like all the girls from college for me are in their 40s now, so it's a, it's a downward spiral at this point. Tim Benz is joining us, but you already knew that. He, from breakfast with Benz. Uh, Tim, what was the best sporting event you ever attended? Uh, what Was this a theme to start the show before I was on? Yeah, it's my terrible July 11th radio topic for he today. He went cliche sports on you, Tim. Sorry. I did. Uh, the best one I ever attended was uh, the Super Bowl in Tampa between the Cardinals and the Steelers. See, I Especially thought it would be something Syracuse. When Antonio Holmes caught the ball. You're on, like, all the NFL Films videos. Yeah, I was on a couple of those, absolutely. Yeah, looking good, too. Plus, it was a great game. I mean, like, you know, that was the Santonio Holmes catch. That was the James Harrison interception return for a touchdown, and it was tense, and it was there were big plays and big moments, and the game never dragged, even though it was a long Super Bowl contest. It was, it was definitely the best sporting event I ever went to. I'd have to go with Troy Palomalu's interception return for a touchdown against Baltimore in the AFC Championship game just before that. Had I gone to the Super Bowl, I think I'd say that. But that's the loudest I've ever heard Heinz Field was when Troy Palomalu was running that back. Can I also throw out there the 20 to nothing loss that I witnessed for the Pirates against, what was it, the Cubs? Like in the season where they set the record? I thought it was the, the Brewers. Brewers. Oh, the Brewers. That's right. That's right. Yeah, it's a pretty good one. Yeah, I think I can't remember Whoa. which one it was. Like they either lost the the loss against the Brewers clinched the consecutive twenty seasons of losing, or the twenty to nothing happened against the Cubs or vice versa. I don't remember which one it was, but there was, both of those teams were involved. Yes, I think yes. Uh, Tim Benz joining us here on the Crowley Show. Uh, Tim, you have brought up in the past that uh, the NFL comes down so hard on drugs because now it's another. Uh, thing that the NFLPA has to worry about when they come to the table for the next collective bargaining agreement. Uh, I think the same thing's going on here now with the anthem policy. Uh, I think they want to piss off the NFLPA, and therefore uh, they did the policy without them, and now this is something that when the next CBA is up, the players are going to have to bitch about. Yeah, I bet you there's, there's a quiet part of the NFL that doesn't mind all this because the more things that are played up as big-time issues, the easier it is for them to get away from the topic of guaranteed contracts or giving the players more right. power when it comes to the economics of the game, and that's what really matters, right? 
Um, you know, I, I do think there's some merit to that, whether it's the anthem or drugs or, you know, what they're allowed to wear during games or celebrations, all this dippy stuff that has been not like, you know, talk about what is lack of interest in the NFL. I was thinking about this today was, you know, people always want to pin on the anthem. I think it's more than that. I think it's just beyond that. I think it's a matter of, uh, you know, we just talk about it so much that by the time it used to be when Thursday rolled around, there was a game on it. Cut all oh, great. There's finally some more football. It's been a while since Sunday or Monday night. Well, no, you've just talked so damn much about it and stuff that has nothing to do with the game. You're kind of sick of the NFL by the time by the time the game kicks off on Thursday, and it's just crap. So I think the NFL. I mean, look at how popular the NBA has become, or the NBA front office has become with its own players because they give in on a lot of stuff. Well, maybe the NFL will give in on a lot of this, but at the same time, hold firm when it comes to guaranteed contracts and really much more important matters. Last couple of things here for Tim Benz. Uh, Benz, you want another cliched radio topic? Sure. I think Le'Veon Bell's the most valuable stealer, just not the best stealer. See, I look at it the other way around. Oh, boy, go on. Well, I mean, I, I think the quarterback is – if you've got a quarterback that, that's impact, that is that impactful, like Ben Roethlisberger is, then he's the most important because that's just the nature of the quarterback position. And when you've got other capable receivers like the Steelers do, for as great as Antonio Brown, it's easier for the collective of three or four to replace one body. That's even though Antonio Brown is great. Uh, I think that Le'Veon Bell might be the best talent because of his unique ability to catch the football from various positions on the field. But uh, I do think you can replace a running back easier than you can a quarterback. Uh, You can a quarterback, certainly. I don't think you can replace a running back easier than you can replace a receiver, though, at least not in the midst of a season. Uh, I don't know about that. So you think think it would be easier to replace Le'Veon Bell? I think it'd be Bell or Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown. I think it's easier, even though I think Antonio Brown might be the best player I've ever seen. But I, I think it's easier to replace a receiver like that because you can just rotate everyone up in in the rotation. Well, yeah, that, but I'm putting the quarterback above both of them. Okay, that's fine. You know, especially with the Steelers because they have other good receivers, or at least I think two to three good receivers. And Juju, I think James Washington was a really good pick, and it looks like. McDonald might turn into a better tight end than what we originally thought. So I think they'll have more options there to replace A.B. if A.B. were to go out. I have no faith right now that James Conner or Stephen Ridley can come close to doing what Le'Veon Bell no. did. But I think that Bell Bell is such a unique talent uh, in terms of size and ability. Like, you know, A.B. is wonderful, but there's only like we've seen without Ben Roethlisberger, there's only so much he can do when he's triple covered. You know, he can't outsize people like Larry Fitzgerald or Julio Jones did. You know what I mean? So I think the most uniquely gifted player on that team in terms of athleticism and skill set is Bell. But I also think you can replace him easier than you can Roethlisberger. I don't know if you can, though, say, than than Brown. I think that Brown you might be able to replace easier than Bell. Do you want another take? Uh, Sure, why not? It's your show. Give me as many takes as you want. I have never been more excited for preseason football than this year. Mason Rudolph, baby. Mason oh, Rudolph. Oh, yeah. Well, if you're going to talk about the actual games, you're talking about the actual games, not necessarily the lead-up to a season. Correct. Yeah. I think that uh, because of that, the preseason and training camp will be much more interesting because we can make mountains out of molehills for six weeks between, well, actually, what, seven or eight weeks actually going on to the start of camp with everything Mason Rudolph does. Yes, you're right about that one. 
Maybe Mason Rudolph can easily replace Ben Roethlisberger, Tim. How about that? Now, are you as excited for the season itself for the Steelers as opposed to other years? Because I am not. No, I'm excited for West Virginia football, but I am I am ex- I am excited for the Steelers this year. I don't know what hit me. Just the other day, it's the only thing I want to talk about now is football. A little, I have little to no belief that the Steelers are going to be better than what they were a season ago. I Tim, I think that this could be a year that they legitimately underachieve. They won so many close games last year. Those things tend to turn around. Uh, I think we could see that happen this year. I think the Steelers could be a nine ten win football team. Yeah, well, even Keith Butler admitted it, right? I mean, he makes a lot of sense here. Were they really a thirteen and three team, or were they an eleven and five team, or a ten and six team? So, hey, my right? head, my headphone cut out there. What'd you say? I said, were they really a thirteen and three team, or were they actually more an eleven and five, ten and six team? Like Keith Butler was alluding to that, right? Yeah, they're the they're a weekend. lot. They did not look like a. Usually 13-3 and three teams, you feel like they've been pretty darn dominant. Last year's team never felt dominant. Right. They had a lot of escapes. They had a lot of comebacks. They had a lot of games that came down to field goals against poor teams that really shouldn't have. You know, like, and a team that I will draw an analogy to for them in recent seasons that was like that was the 2012 team. They also, sorry, the 2011 team. They also lost in the first round of the playoffs to Tim Tebow. Uh, like, that team, to me... Looked like it slipped more than we gave it credit for after the 2010 season, even though it won 12 games, just like the 2010 team did. We just thought, okay, they lost the division to a Baltimore club that was better for the regular season that year, but uh, they'll beat the Broncos, and then we'll see what happens in the playoffs. But they had a lot of close wins that year. You know, they they had a couple of uh, losses that they shouldn't have had, as they always seem to do under Mike Tomlin, and then. Of course, they had the Tebow game, which is you know one of the founding uh, points that any and all Tomlin critics want to come back to. So uh, I think last year's team was a lot like that, where they had a lot of close games against lesser competition that they managed to win barely that showed more cracks in the veneer when a good team got a hold of them. The Jaguars, even at Heinz Field, they won. And you know what? The Steelers made that one closer than what appeared to be, too. All right, Tim, here's what we're going to need to do then. You and I are going to have to keep each other accountable because I feel very similarly to you, but I'm going to be at training camp. You're going to be at training camp, and it's so easy, I feel like, to go down there and watch these guys and hear everyone just giggling vivaciously uh, about how good the Steelers are going to be, and then I'm I'm buying back in. I don't want to buy back in. I, I want to stick with this, okay? Yeah, but... But do, you, do you really think people are going to feel that way until they see the defense on the field? Like, what, what is it about Tyler Matakevich or Artie Burns or Sean Davis that we're going to see in camp that we haven't seen from them already in camp that is going to get us convinced that they're going to be that much better once the pads go on the preseason or in the regular season? Well, Tim, I don't know if you know this, but the outside linebackers flipped. So that's that's good for a couple of wins right there. No, I, I think that's legitimate. I, we've talked about this on your show. I, I think that was a smart, tactical move. I think that will help. But there's a, there's a perfect example. Like, you cannot convince me that Bud Dupree is going to be all that much better until I actually see him get better. There's you know, something I'm running about tomorrow in our Stairway, from Se- Stairway to 7 series. Croatia just won. Stairway to 7 You series. son of a bitch. It's a free kick where we're watching. <laughs> oh, no. Tim. Damn it, Tim! Look at those Croats. Croats. For as much as we like Stefan Tuitt, Stefan Tuitt's got to be a sixty million dollar player soon, doesn't he? Yeah, he has to. <laughs> he has to take that step forward. 
I mean, we keep talking about, oh, you can't pay Lev Bell $60 million. You're paying Stephon Stewart $60 million. How's that working out? Tim, I'm not listening. I'm watching the Croatians go nuts. I got to go. Well, there's nothing hotter than a bunch of Croatian men dogpile on one another. I can see why that would turn you on. Boy, you can say that again, Tim. Hey, uh, by the way, fantastic job in the cheese tees today. I, I don't know if people saw the comment on Twitter, but yeah, I can see the cheese tees. If you want to see Marty Scorsese's famous continuous shot from Goodfellas done completely the opposite, that's what you guys did. You, you basically took a seven-second shot of continuous video and made it like a two-minute thing <laughs> to show a shirtless Tom running out of the building in flip-flops. But you, you did it from eight different camera angles, which was... I didn't know you could make it that complicated, but a job well done by you. I mean, it's as good as it gets on the cheese tees, I think, there, Tim. I mean, it is epic. I know that Michael Mann and Quentin Tarantino would be very jealous of what you pulled off today. Thanks for the time, buddy. All right, talk to you later. Tim Benz, Breakfast with Benz. He's, of course, the official vampire of the Crowley Show. I was just scrolling through Twitter as Tim was talking. All right, just enough, out of, enough out of you, Tim. I mean, give, give it a rest for a second here. And Adam Gretz for NBC Sports... Uh, is doing a look back at some of the big moments in National Hockey League history. And I guess this is the 17-year anniversary of when Yadramir Yager was traded to the Washington Capitals. Maybe we'll have Gretz on tomorrow if he wants to come on. Because that was a trade that, at the time, a lot of Penguins fans were happy about. And then in the immediate aftermath, they weren't happy about it. And really, it worked out okay for both squads. It really did. The Penguins have won three championships since then. They've been to uh, an extra couple of conference finals and an extra Stanley Cup final, so they're okay. And at the time, they just couldn't afford the dude. Well, maybe we'll talk to him about that tomorrow. Maybe not. I don't want to give you too much information on tomorrow's show. i like you to be surprised. Coming up next, the hottest take of the day. It's other crap, and it's the three stars of the show. It's ESPN Pittsburgh. The Adam Crowley Show. Brought to you by the Erector Protector, protecting your junk since 2016. If you want to keep the bang out your wang, you need Erector Protector. Available at Walgreens, CBS, and Arby's. Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. on Facebook today against the Nationals. Nobody was at the ballpark to witness it. And again, it was on Facebook, so I don't think anybody saw it that way. Although, I I get the merits of it being on Facebook. You get to walk around, you walk your dog, you watch it on your phone, you're taking a poo, you watch it on your phone, driving your car, you shouldn't be watching it on your phone, but if you wanted to watch it on your phone, I'm not suggesting that you do, you could watch it on your phone. So that's kind of cool. But if the comments keep popping up or people chirp in on Facebook, eh, that's a little tiresome. You don't have to make it interactive just because it's on Facebook. You could do it the way you do other broadcasts. Just do it in a manner in which it can reach more people. I get that. I don't like the comments. Although it was kind of funny watching them trickle in. I saw some screenshots because God knows I wasn't watching that crap. 
I saw some screenshots of people calling out the broadcasters and people just saying awful things. And I think they'd probably try to moderate that as best as possible, but I bet you they had thousands of those coming in every second. It doesn't take you very long to go like this. Probably didn't take very long. Imagine if you had that on your TV. You know, like the comment oh, section. <laughs> like you're watching like cable, you're watching a game, and just comments keep coming and coming and coming. Well, imagine if everything that gets tweeted to AT&T Sportsnet popped up on the screen as it happened. Yeah. The number of people that would just make fun mercilessly of Robbie and Spikowski. Oh, yeah. You know what? That might actually make it worth it to watch the Pirate games. It's time for the hottest take of the day. It's time for the hottest take of the day. <laughs> Toronto is the team to beat in the National Hockey League. Unless it's Tampa. But wait a second. Didn't the Capitals just win the Stanley Cup? Didn't the Penguins win the two Stanley Cup championships prior to the Capitals winning the Cup this year? I think they did. So while all the national and international and Canadian media are all slurping up the Toronto Maple Leafs because they made this great splash bringing in John DeVars. And while the national media is slurping up the fact that John Carlson, again with John, Eric Carlson could be going to the Tampa Bay Lightning, all I got to say to you is, John Tavares better than a healthy Sidney Crosby? Better than a healthy Malkin? When Kessel's on the top of his game, you still taking them over these Penguins? I think not. We do this all the time in the media. We do this thing where we say, oh, who made the biggest splash in the offseason? Okay, let's pick them to win the cup. I remember Barry Melrose after Zach Parise and, who was it, Ryan Suter went to Minnesota that faithful offseason. He picked them to win the championship. And I don't think they've been past the second round since. So let's just slam on the brakes there. I think the Penguins and the Caps are still the teams to beat. In the Eastern Conference... And otherwise. Mmm, steamy hot. That was the hottest take of the day. Woo! Other crap. Pac-Man Jones was punched at an airport. You should have seen the look on Mrs. Pac-Man's face. Woo! Other crap. Roger Federer was knocked out of Wimbledon. Guess the ball didn't Rolex his way. Woo! Other crap. The Arizona Cardinals president told players to speak up, just not on game days. Well, that's not going to fly. Woo! Other crap. Betty gets chirped. Woo! Other crap. Things are going to go afoul. Woo! Other crap. Sure, a few people will give him the bird. Woo! Other crap. An armless man in Florida stabbed another man with a pair of scissors using his feet. At least we know he won't get charged with armed robbery. Woo! Other crap. It's been 300 and some odd days. I think it might even be 400 now since Pitt basketball won a conference game. <laughs> it's been a long time. It has been. Yeah, a long time. It's time for the three stars of the show. Third star. Tonight's third star of the show, safe sex. Are they the Croats or the Croats? Ats. Yeah, I figure. I thought there was a T there. Yeah, there's a T. Yeah, that's my bad. You should never stick the D in there if 
It's not supposed to go there. That's what I hear. Second star. Tonight's second star of the show, television delays. I talk, and now we don't have to talk anymore because Croatia has just scored. What are you talking about? Yeah, are you watching on a delay or something? We are! Screw you, Tim! What the hell? You son of a bitch! You just now just happened. You dirtbag! Oh, no. Oh, my God! You ruined it! Tim, you gotta drop spoiler alert! Yeah, man! Croatia just won. You son of a bitch! It's a free kick where we're watching. <laughs> oh no, Tim! Damn it, Tim! Look at those Croats! Damn it, Tim! First star. And tonight's first star of the show, Edward Scissorfoot. How do you stab a guy if you don't have any arms? I mean, I didn't do any research here. Yeah, you think a guy with no arms would be pretty harmless? Yeah, or armless? Ha, ha, armless. <laughs> <laughs> Right to bear arms. Oh, no. Not for that guy. Not for that guy. <laughs> so he's picking up knives. Although he could use some bear arms, right? You know, I hope he doesn't get trapped in a uh, tow traffic jam. Oh, no. Jeez, oh, man. What happened? Oh, no. I thought I nailed it. <laughs> hey, I bet he's good at driving a tow truck. Oh! <laughs> hey, I'm a little tired. You mind taking the second leg of this trip? I don't got anything else. I don't either. Something about heel. Edward Scissorfoot. Ah! Oh, no. <laughs> what did we do today? Edward Scissorfoot. I mean, who let the dogs out? <laughs> things write themselves. It was easy, I suppose. <laughs> Tomorrow on the show, I've got absolutely nothing planned. Nothing. Although Willie Colon says the Steelers are the odds-on favorite to win the AFC. You know, I don't want to shoot my wad for tomorrow this early, but has he heard of the Patriots? How about the team that beat the Steelers two times last year? Jacksonville? A couple times they beat them. You know what? Tomorrow on the show, we tear apart Willie Colon. Oh, no. We take the bat to the back of Willie Colon's head. In fact, instead of doing that, I just hook up Brian's left foot with some scissors. <laughs>